we play how we practice. And if we have visions of playing at a larger level, then we should practice the way that we envision ourselves playing. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? If you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization. If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you. And it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565. And he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. And well, guess what? Today's Friday. I hope you have a best ever start to your weekend. Because it's Friday, we're doing a special segment called Follow Along Friday where I talk about what I got going on in my entrepreneurial endeavors. And well, there are some lessons I've learned along the way. With us today, like we normally do on Fridays, I have a co-host, Theo Hicks, who's also the co-author of The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 1, and soon to be The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 2 book. Hello, Theo. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Thanks for having me back. I always look forward to these conversations every single week, so hopefully we can get some good lessons out today. Yeah, well, I hope so too. I've been very active over the past week, and I think we've got some good stuff. So number one is, well, I got engaged about a week ago to the love of my life, Colleen. We've been dating for a while now and proposed to her in a a nice park in Cincinnati, Alt Park, for those familiar with Cincinnati. And we are engaged. So yeah, really pumped up about that. So first and foremost, that is the most important thing that I got going on before I get into business. At least I'm definitely, I want to be on the record as saying that too. That is the most important thing I got going on, but it's true. It really is. So it's been a, a big step in my life for sure. Well, congratulations, man. That is uh, awesome. I saw the pictures online and both of you guys looked very, very happy and ecstatic when that happened. So thank you for that. And you and I and your girlfriend and a couple of our other team members will have to go have a celebratory dinner later this month or next month. So on the business front, though, let's see. I was in Dallas-Fort Worth last week looking at properties. We ended up putting a deal under contract. It's an off-market deal in Garland, a 200-unit. We will be closing on that December the 30th. So we're in the process where we actually just wired earnest money to the escrow account, and we're in the process of due diligence right now. So we're looking forward to closing on that deal. When I was walking the property, 
a couple things stand out. One, because it's off market, we're buying it at about a 25% discount when compared to sales comps. Two, when I was walking the property, there's opportunity for some community enhancements just to pull together the theme and the community feel. Right now, it feels like an apartment complex, but we want to make it more of a community feel. And there's some aesthetic things we can do. Like There's a lot of concrete at the property, a lot of parking lot stuff. And without that being dressed up, without having like a, a potted plant, a big potted plant or boulders or something, it just looks kind of stale and cold, which is ironic for Texas, but it can be pulled together. So in addition to aesthetics, from a business standpoint, we're going to be renovating about 75% of the units and projected to achieve the same rents that the previous owner has achieved. So pretty conservative deal and excited about that. How did you find that deal? Since it's off market, how did you find it? We got it through a broker who convinced the seller that he had a buyer that could close and close quickly. So it is through a broker, but it wasn't marketed and there's no marketing package that the broker put together. It was just a conversation that we had with the broker because we've bought a lot of other deals from this broker. So we've established a very good relationship with him. And it was a little interesting, something that I'd never come across before when I was touring the property we actually toured it with the owner of the property and he was walking us through the property and just talking to us about it. And usually it's just the broker and the on-site management team. But in this case, it was pretty cool because we were able to ask the owner questions directly and were able to learn more. Didn't learn a whole lot from a number standpoint, but just when you're on-site, you learn the intangibles about a property that you can't read online when doing online research or you can't look at Google Maps. You just get a feel for it. And a lot of cases, that's just as important as the numbers because you have an idea of how pride of ownership, you have an idea of the type of residence. What I enjoyed seeing was pride of rentership with the residents. A lot of balconies that had flowers and things like that. So excited about that deal and toured a couple others. Won't be pursuing those that we looked at in Dallas because we're just going to be focused on this deal to close out the, the year. Might overlap some towards the very, very end if we find something, but we're not going to be in the same stage of the process on deals simultaneously. We're going to be just focused on this deal. When you go and visit properties, are you going into every single unit or just a handful of units or vacant units, occupied units? What do you look at when you go there, actually? Well, before we have it under contract, depending on the deal, but usually it's a the model and then a unit that's not renovated. And then I try to look at the nastiest thing that they've got just to get a sense of what's the worst case scenario. We, as a team go through every single unit and that is our due diligence team does that prior to actually purchasing it but that's during the due diligence stage after you have it under contract that totally makes sense because i guess the follow-up question was going to be when you do go through these units there's and obviously sometimes i'm sure you run into tenants how much do you take their word for the property situation it's important to listen to the residents Now, the question becomes like on this deal, it's an off-market deal. So 
we're not publicly advertising when we're there to residents that we're the buyers. Instead, we can be an insurance company just coming here to, to take some pictures or with the management company, which technically is true. We are with the management company, just not their management company. So because of that reason, in this case in particular, not really interviewing or talking to the residents, whereas on other deals that is more public, yeah, you want to listen to the residents And I have a video on my YouTube channel, or you can just go to my website, joefairless.com, and click videos. It talks about another resource that we should seek out and listen to when you're buying a property, and that is the vendors, the contractors who work at the property. And you do that for multiple reasons. One is you see if they're behind on any bills, because that is a red flag because if they're behind on bills, then they're also likely not taking care of the property as they should, even though perhaps they are saying they are. That's number one. But then two is just to get a sense of what type of work are they doing at the property. And those vendors and contractors, they certainly are having conversations with the residents whenever they're there. They just, as a general stereotype, they tend to like to talk. Contractors and vendors, you know, carpet installers, painters, plumbers, electricians, they tend to like to have conversations, HVAC people with the residents. I don't know why. Maybe it's a Texas and Ohio thing because that's where my properties have been, but I've just noticed that they tend to like to have conversations. So they are also good resources to talk to whenever we're buying properties. They're definitely chatty. The, The contractor that I've used for my property and my friends use for their properties and me and my girlfriend actually use for our house. Whenever he comes over, he just talks and talks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a Texas and Ohio thing. I've lived in New York City, and perhaps the New York City or the Northeast contractors aren't nearly as chatty. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know, but it's definitely the case in the Midwest and the South. So you definitely get an interesting perspective on life that you wouldn't get otherwise hearing their stories. Yes, that is true. And that can lead to dollars, that's for sure. So another update, moving away from the DFW trip, and let's go up north to Cincinnati this week. Sold the Cincinnati property. That was my very first property. And learn lessons on this one, more so on other deals, because this was my first deal. And I actually have done presentations at conferences about all the lessons I've learned. I did a presentation at a San Francisco summit in, well, San Francisco. Uh, (laughs) And then I did a presentation at the Think Realty event in Atlanta about a month ago. We don't have time to go through all the lessons I've learned on that deal, but I'll tell you a couple One, and this is so ridiculous, but economic versus physical occupancy. Whenever I was first getting started, the seller was saying, well, we're at 98%. And you know what, Joe, if you want, we can be at 99 or 100%. And it's like, oh, well, you're giving me my cake and you're putting like sprinkled ice cream and frosting on top. Thank you so much, seller. Well, guess what? There's a difference between that high occupancy and people actually paying, which when we took it over, it was around 70 or so economic occupancy. And that was a major eye-opening experience to say the least. That was a big lesson that I learned. We'll never make that mistake again, and nor have I on any other property. And then also doing the right due diligence. 
when I looked at my first property, I was handling it as though I was a entrepreneur, one man band, and I created my own spreadsheet. I was with a clipboard, with a printed out spreadsheet, making notes on each of the units. Well, guess what? My skill set is not evaluating the mechanicals and the condition of a particular unit. While I certainly am versed in it, it's not my specialty. I didn't go to school for it. I haven't spent a lifetime or at least five to 10 years learning it. Not my thing. What I learned from this property, the first one, is we have to hire professionals to do the due diligence. Now, if you have a property management company, they will do it for free, assuming you close on the deal and they manage it. If you are more inclined to have a third-party company do it, that you can hire third-party companies. In addition to our property management company doing the due diligence with us, we hire someone who looks at the financial statements and reconciles that with the bank statements and the rent roll and the leases to make sure that everything is on the up and up. That's something we definitely do now on every one of our properties since the first one. So those are a couple lessons learned and don't learn the hard way like I learned. Just listen to this podcast and implement these lessons because while it will cost you about 5000 or so, depending on the size of the units, to do the financial audit with a professional, it will save you exponentially more if there's something that they uncover that you need to address with the seller. So would you recommend that this professional audit be performed on single family on up? Or would you say there's like a, a cutoff or if you're going to be doing over a certain amount of units, you should probably have someone come in and help you. But if you're doing like a duplex, then you could probably just get away with doing it yourself. That's a great question. I would say that we play how we practice. And if we have visions of playing at a larger level, then we should practice the way that we envision ourselves playing. Therefore, my initial reaction to your question was, dude, single family home, duplex, do it yourself. Well, you know what? If I had to do it all over again for my very first single family home, and by the way, my single family homes, I have three of them in Dallas, Fort Worth. They're doing very well. It's like at least doubled in value, which doesn't really matter because I'm not selling them. So who cares? But the rent has increased and they're doing very well. They still don't make really much money because when someone moves out, then boom, there goes $5,000 in the profit for the year and a half, which is why I moved to multifamily. But when the mortgages burn off on those three homes, then be probably $1,100 in profit a month on each of the three. But I digress. I think that we should approach our business as a business. And it might be overkill on single family home, but anything multi, I would reach out to a consultant who does this for a living and have them review and reconcile. I mean, come on, if it's a duplex and you have two leases and then you have a bank statement and you have the rent roll and all you have to do is read the lease look at their bank statement, look at the rent rule, and make sure it all matches up. It's not very hard. So if you can't do that, or if you're not incredibly confident in your ability to do that on a duplex, then have someone help you. Pay them 75 bucks an hour to look at it for three hours or something, whatever it takes. 
But as you get larger, I'd say anything five units plus, I would continue to have a professional look at that stuff because you're going to need to do that when you go larger. And sure, the costs might not make sense with a smaller property like that. But you know what? The cost of you messing up is much greater than the cost of their fee at the front end. So I would play it safe and have someone. And it's probably overkill. I want to repeat that. It's probably overkill. But why not have professionals look at it and overlook the work you've done? Now, you don't want to hire someone to do something like that if you couldn't, in theory, do it yourself. Because you could, but would you do it as good as a professional? No. Would you build a relationship with them for future deals if you don't involve them on the first couple? No. So that would be my approach. I totally agree. And something else you said in there too is if you don't have the confidence, you know, hire the professional. But kind of like looking back at my first deal, when I first bought it, I, you know, I had confidence, but it was kind of like pseudo confidence because I really didn't know what I was doing. But it was kind of a point in my life where I just thought I knew everything. And so I did it with no one's help really at all. I ran all the numbers myself. For me, honestly, I actually didn't run numbers at all, but I kind of did everything myself. And then when I bought the property and kind of things slowed down, that initial high went away, I realized that I was like, I didn't do any due diligence for this property. I had no idea what I was doing. And kind of the result was I lacked any kind of confidence. And I felt like the entire time I had the property, I was like holding my breath and waiting for something to come and bite me in the butt for missing it. But eventually I sold it and everything was fine. But even... I think it's great about the relationship aspect of it, but I think even more important is that it gives you the confidence to know that you, as the, the first-time investor, really don't know what you're doing. And so you give you the confidence when you have someone else there to at least maybe even run the numbers by, like someone like you or someone on Bigger Pockets or someone on our cash flow group or some mastermind meetup or anyone. Just, just run it by someone so you have that extra level of confidence and approval from someone else especially for your first deal, because I can totally see how a lot of people either either buy that first property and then never buy another one again because of a little tiny mistake. And so when you say the cost of paying for that professional service would be a lot less than the overall damage they can do to your investing career, that you know, I think the highest thing that could happen to you is you just don't ever buy a property again because of making a mistake in the beginning. So that's just, I guess that's a long way of saying I agree with what you were saying. I think it makes sense to have someone else check, at least very least check what you're doing for your first couple of properties. And then obviously as you get to bigger ones, you want to have professional people do it. Yep, absolutely. And make sure that even on your first couple, if you're reaching out to people like on bigger pockets or at your local real estate meetup, that you're talking to people who have actually done what you want to do and you're not talking to people who have been on the sidelines and have been reading a bunch of books or listening to podcasts and they haven't done any deals and they're trying to give you advice because you don't want to take their advice. Yeah, it's pretty easy to distinguish that, especially in bigger pockets because you can just go to their profile and see what they've done. Yep, exactly. Well, a couple other quick things just in life. I have a bunch of trips planned, excited about those. Headed to Chicago the 11th with Colleen. Just going to check out the city. So best ever listeners, if you have any tips for what to do in Chicago, any fun stuff in the downtown area, email me, info at joefairless.com. would love to hear your thoughts. 
and then booked the flight for DFW, headed there for the holidays, going to be there for about a week or so, hanging out with the family, and then have a conference in February. That is the February 24th and 25th, the best ever conference. If you haven't got tickets yet, then you better get them now. They're at the lowest price they will ever be right now, and then they will continue to go up. Go to besteverconference.com. That's in Denver, Colorado, February 24th and 25th. I'll be there speaking along with a bunch of hand-picked speakers that I have found through my relationships on this podcast and in life, as well as they have been selected based on the demand of the people who have signed up. So how it works is when you sign up, you are going to mention what you want to accomplish, what's holding you back in your business, and then we're going to handpick speakers that will deliver on the objectives that you want to accomplish at the conference. So February 24th, 25th in Denver, Colorado. Tickets are as cheap as they'll ever be right now. Go to besteverconference.com. And there's a rap video about my bio you can watch. And as we get more speakers announced, there will be more rap videos for you to enjoy as well. And then lastly, podcast. This podcast, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show, achieved a milestone. We are over 2 million downloads, number one, first milestone. And second milestone is October. Last month, we achieved over 5,000 daily I almost said dollars. <laughs> That's how my mind's programmed. We achieved over 5,000 daily downloads in October. So every single day, more than 5,000 people, 5,000 best ever listeners are listening to the show. Really cool stuff. Incredibly grateful for you, best ever listeners. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us. My goal is to provide tons of value to you. And just as a side note slash related my least favorite thing about the podcast is the technology with sound and setting up the technology and calls and stuff. And so if you noticed a dip in sound quality recently, my apologies, not my specialty, but I have people on my team who are working on that. So we'll continue to enhance the sound quality for the show. And thank you for being patient. And thank you for some of you who reached out to me and mentioned, hey, dude, get the sound better. And so that's what we're working on. So thanks again for that and looking forward to keeping the momentum going. Anything else? Any parting thoughts, Theo? Nope. Just congratulations on 2 million downloads. What a crazy milestone, especially again, when you, we talked about how when you first started off, you only had your friends and family and now you're getting 5,000 people a day and 2 million downloads, three-ish years. That's pretty a wide audience. And you always you know talk about thought leadership. And so it's cool that you're not only talking the talk, but walking the walk as well so thank you very much and yeah it is two years basically almost exactly two years the show's been going we've got about like 800 or so episodes and gonna keep on rolling this is the key in success or the key in business is being consistent with things that you've identified work to help your business grow this works to help my business grow therefore i will continue to be consistent with it because it helps me make more friends and it gives me a platform for thought leadership, which every investor should have, whether it's a podcast, YouTube channel, a blog, a book, whatever, 
have a platform for thought leadership. So thanks so much, best ever listeners, for spending your time with us. Hope you have a best ever weekend. Theo, where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? My blog, slash websites, theohicks.org. It's where you can find my podcast, The Unplugged Podcast. You can also subscribe to it on iTunes. And it is me having conversation with different guests. And I'm, I'm starting to do some more solo podcasts. And I kind of just talk about life and how to best navigate your way through it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Theo, for spending your time with us. Everyone, hope you have a best ever weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Are you a real estate investor and you're trying to do it all yourself? Then you got to stop the insanity, my friend, and go hire virtually. Virtual Office VA is a U.S.-based and trained real estate virtual assistant company. They can free up your time. You can go to their website, learn what they're all about, and go sign up for a virtual assistant. Go to virtualofficeva.com. That's virtualofficeva.com.